Welcome to Audio Drama Showcase, part of the StoryForge Network. I'm Scooter, and with me are LJ Donnell. Hello! Maggie Allen. Greetings! Michelle Morrison. Hi! And Max, the Dawn of Destruction Baskin. Kneel before Max! Don't forget to check us out over at Patreon under Legendsmith Productions. This show is brought to you thanks to the support of our wonderful patrons. Today we'll be listening to Boom, a serial drama which premiered in 2017 and was created by Faith McQuim. Faith had conceived of the original idea as a short story written just before the turn of the century. She turned it into a short film, but was unhappy with it, then later turned it into a novella that became the basis for the show. This is the premiere episode, First Date, and it was originally published on September 9th, 2017. And now, a word from our sponsor. Cow Drogo. Just one taste and you'll cally see what we mean. A golden cow that men should tremble to behold. Cow Drogo. It's the best beef in the Great Grass Sea. Okay, let's get started. Observer Pictures presents Boom, a serial drama podcast written and directed by Faith McQuinn. This is episode one, first date. It's 4.30 on Friday at Music City Computers. The office is modest, just another space that sits in a strip mall. As per usual at the end of the week, all the technicians are in the office instead of on a call. Porter, a rather ordinary-looking man of 28, sits at his desk. One of his co-workers, Connie, sits across from him, packing up her backpack. Got any big plans this weekend? Going bowling tonight. That sounds downright fascinating. Date? I think so. Hmm, now I'm intrigued. It's with Jen. Jen. Jen? Yeah. Genevieve. Yeah... And you don't know if it's a date. Well... Porter, this is fantastic. I mean, not that you don't know it's a date, but that it might be. Harry, Porter's going out with Jen tonight. So? On a date. Wait, what? My man, you finally grew some balls. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, I think. Oh my god, you have to tell us all about it on Monday. I mean, as long as she knows it's a date, too. If my limited memory of bowling in college still stands, I think I have a chance of beating you. (laughs) There's a chance. And I thought I was rusty. (laughs) Still my game. Not so fast, hotshot. I might pick up this spare. Maybe help a girl out? You don't need my help. Humor me. Okay. This is a pretty easy pickup. You just need to line up your foot with the pins. Like this? No, no, more like this, there. Now just keep your eye on the ball. Woo! I win! (laughs) Who suggested bowling again? Pretty sure that was you. All right, next time, remind me not to. Next time? Uh, I mean, uh, we could invite some more people. If you want. Don't hurt yourself, Porter. 
I'd love to have it next time. You want to bowl another round? Nope. I'm hungry. Let's grab some food and make this a proper date. <laughs> Could I get a water, please? Sure thing. How's work? Good. Steve is still trying to talk me into going back to school for my law degree. You should. Maybe. But I kind of like this level of responsibility, you know? I just, I work my hours and get to go home afterwards. I guess that's true, too. Here's your burger. Oh, thanks. What about you? Any juicy client stories? No. A little slow lately. What the hell, Porter? What? We've known each other for like 15 years. This is the first time you haven't been talking my ear off. Sorry? I'm still me. I know. Then stop being weird. Okay. So, what took you so long? What? What took you so long to ask me out? Even though I'm not even sure you did that exactly. I guess you did. Hey, Jen, would you like to go bowling this Friday? Is kind of like asking me out, but not really. That's not what I said. Hopefully you're a little slicker with the ladies than that. Funny. I thought so. This felt different, though. It was definitely different for me. It's a good difference. Yeah. had a great time tonight. I thought you might laugh or something. What do you mean? We totally laughed tonight. No. Why it took me so long. To ask you out. Why would I laugh at you? I don't know. Do you want me to walk you up? No, I'm good. I mean... Now who's being weird? Sorry. Do you want to come up? I'm pretty sure I have some of that beer you hate. That's cool. Probably a good idea to just call it a night. Breakfast tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I guess I could come up. Porter. <laughs> Nine work for you? Nine what? Nine in the morning. Breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nine's good. I'll see you in the morning. See you in the morning. <laughs> so there, Connie. She knew it was a date. Oh, Porter, if you were going to text me, you should have just come up. What was that? Hello? I have a knife, do you hear me? And I I'm calling the police! Hey, Jen, I'm here. Jen! I'm, I'm coming in, hope you're decent. Jen, did you hear me knock? Are you ready? 
sorry I'm a little late. Of all the things Porter expected to greet him this morning, this was not on the list. Genevieve, with her brilliant red hair piled in a loose bun on top of her head, sits up very straight, arms in her lap. Tears run down her face, and her entire body trembles, because strapped around her torso is a vest with a neat bundle of wires attached to small square gray packs. A suicide vest. Jen, what the hell is this? What? I'm so sorry. No, you didn't. He was here in the apartment when I got home. I can't. I just woke up here. I wish I could have called you, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Sorry. Stop saying that. Who wouldn't let you? Who did this? I can't. But now I have time to do things I love while Roby does the work for me. Genevieve can't remember much. She'd been fighting through layers of consciousness for hours. She woke to find herself on the sofa with the television on, her hands and feet bound, no strength to struggle. He was crouched in front of her, holding her phone, a ski mask covering his face, his focus on the task at hand. I know who you are. Why the mask? What do you want? I can't think with the damn TV! Don't touch the remote! Please just don't change... Don't change anything, Porter! Please, just I'm calling the police, okay? Shit, no signal! He must have lost. Jen, I'm gonna have to go outside to call the police, okay? Okay, okay, that's good. You, you should go. Only for a moment. Porter, no. You need to go. This, this is my fault. You shouldn't be here. No, I'm not leaving you. Porter, you need to go. You know who did this, don't you? Genevieve, tell me. I won't let him hurt you. You can't be here. Go, please. Jen, you're my best friend. I love you. I, I love you. I would never leave you like this. Never worry about fingerprints and smudges again. So, I'm going to walk outside and call the police, or, or the fire department, or whoever the hell can get you out of this. Less than a minute, and I'll be right back. Give me your hand. You feel that? That's me. I'm here. I'm not going far. I'll be right back. And never think about that heavy right back. Again. I swear. Get I'll be right back. And the work is done. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Call now in order to know. Join us again This episode featured the voices of Garrett Delosier as Porter, Charity Spencer as Genevieve, Paige Delosier as Connie, David Hiller as Harry, and me, Michael R., as the narrator. 
Production sound, Matthew L. Hankins. Assistant director, Amanda Lorraine. Sound design, Joshua Sui. Original music, Brian Irwin. Editing, Faith McQuinn. Sound mixer, Michael Bowers. Production assistant, Delilah Ferrer. Casting, Courtney Edwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information on the show, including a full list of cast and crew, and where to find us on social media, please visit boom.observerpictures.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I guess I know why they call it boom. I think it's because of the momentum and pacing. I, I thought it was the boom mic that they were using to pick up the audio. That could be it, too. Maybe it's because of some kind of supersonic jet. Mm, couldn't be the explosion, though. Nah. Probably not the suicide vest. That's too on the nose. Yeah. Wow. That packed a lot into less than 12 minutes. Yeah. That's really short. I think it broke LJ. I'm super sad. The style of narration was a little strange with how visceral and impactful the emotions got toward the end. Yeah, I kind of agree to that. The narration, I think it broke up the pacing of the tension, especially as we're going through it. It would have been a lot more of an intense emotional scene. Then again, I don't know how you could have done it because a lot of what the narrative described would have been next to impossible to imply, but I don't know. I think it was about how he read it. Could be. I think that it definitely does demonstrate that this was originally a prose story, though, that got turned into a production rather than starting out that way, because the way the narration worked was much more what you'd be reading on a page. Didn't it start out as um, a show and then the author didn't like it, so they made it into a into prose and then turned it back into a script? Started as a short story. Um, anyway, the point is, that, uh, I thought for sure it was like, wrote it as a screenplay first, didn't like it that way, then short story, a short film. Oh, right, right. It was a short film first, and then it was a novella. And then Yes. It was- well, it was a short story, then it was a short film, then it was a novella. Then oh. the show. Okay, yeah. So yeah. It went from prose to script, back to prose, and then to script again. At what point did it become con? Because prose and con? I, I, I see uh, what you did there. Yeah, okay. That was just like a joke, only not funny. Yeah, thank you. What were you gonna say, LJ? Oh no, I was just gonna say like um, I I understand that like a narrator has to be more of an omniscient presence, especially if, it, if they're doing this kind of narration where it's almost. I think it could have been done in such a way that it was eerily calm, whereas this guy kind of sounded like he was making fun of their pain, especially because. And I know we're all gonna talk about this. They sounded so genuine i am so impressed with how much relationship they managed to pack into what what would we say 12 minutes yeah like we you know they went out you know she was like why are you being weird please don't be weird this is not it does not have to be weird but why did it take you forever and they had like that little awkward banter on the stairs and like so not only was their acting very good the writing was very good there i think it's not so much what the narrator was saying as maybe how it was being presented because everything else was so tight i agree I mean, like, um, somebody brought up the the spaces didn't quite sound like they were fully constructed. Like, it sounded like people were, record, were in different spaces. 
Yeah, that was me. Uh, I noticed it was mostly with the uh, first female voice. I don't remember the character name, but it, it sounded like she was in a room with a lot of dampening. So there, it was just a very kind of hollow feel. And everyone else, that didn't seem to happen, but it, it was, it seemed like a remote production. Just, it, it kind of stuck out at me at the beginning. It, it went away eventually. I mean, that's fine for it being, I mean, that, I feel like the average in our industry is remote production. It sounds like the key complaint that you have there is that they didn't normalize it, so it sounded like the characters were in the same space. Yeah. I like the pacing of it, the fact that it sounds like when she's getting the bomb attached to her, it comes out of nowhere, but at the same time, the sound has been building to something ominous, even throughout the more casual scenes. Mm -hmm. So it, it surprised me, because I hadn't really read the synopsis ahead of time, but it still felt like it was a natural build to something like that. Yeah. So one of the things that we talked about, and again, like their performance was such that it didn't really matter. I didn't really need these things in the background. I was with them. The, the, the most important part was their relationship, like building that part. But I felt like the background noise, and this might just be, by the way, we're listening it, to it, but like I felt like it was not very clear. It was very fuzzy. Like I kind of got they were in a bowling alley. I kind of got that they were in an office. You, you know what I mean? Like there were just some things going on that I didn't really understand. On a similar note with some of the background noises, um, some of them were pretty good. Like the bowling, like the bowling alley sound sounded realistic. Um, the TV in the background was a really nice touch for some of the intense moments later on. But then it just kept going when it would have been enough to have maybe 10 seconds of that sound, 30 seconds of it at most. And then it would have gotten the point across um, because the dialogue was carrying everything else so well. I did like the TV in the background because she was ramping up and there was a bomb going on and he was getting upset. And I was like, shut the fuck up, TV, shut up, shut up. And I was like, oh, I see. I see what you're doing. I'm getting ramped up too because I can't understand her and everything's really loud. It was perfect, I thought. And that was clearly by design because I mean, the male character even said, the TV is distracting me not too long after you were bringing that up. And I, I thought that was very well conceived, very well done. Uh, there were a couple of other sounds like the office chair sliding across the floor that just, it brought me right to where they were. I got to say, I really loved the sense of tension for like the last quarter of it. Like, even though it was broken up a bit by the narrator, it still got to the point where like, I feel like a lot of us were sitting there on the edge of our seats with, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, kind of thing. Part of it was the way that the narrator was reading it. Like, it felt kind of very detached. You know, he's reflecting on this thing that happened in the past, but it contrasts a lot with the fact that they're so in the moment and they're so emotional with what's going on in the scene. Oh, I agree. I agree totally, yeah. Yeah, it's... I do think it was a little odd that this is the first episode that we've done via a social distance method, and it, it happened to be one where we probably would have been huddled together shivering at the end of that one. So, uh Great, great choice. Nice time in there, Skeeter. Thanks. I knew that this was a more of a drama than we often cover, but this is actually probably pretty deep into the drama level compared to most of the other shows that we've done. Yeah, this was dramatically different, no pun intended, yeah. than any of the other genres that we've hit. Yeah, I'm wondering if it goes into some kind of supernatural direction later, but it feels like it's just going to be almost like a sort of police drama, like an investigation into the bomber kind of thing. 
sometimes the narration felt very film noir and some of the music kind of lended to that. Yes. If they were going to do that, I feel like they should have dived deeper into that. But the narrator should have been almost more over the top in that direction. Mm. It really spillane it. Really get the, the like, the moonlight was a melted popsicle of darkness and light. And I wasn't sure if I was an angel or a demon. You're like, what the fuck? But, you know, they have to be careful so they don't mansplain it. Oh, I'll say what you did. Oh, because his last name is Spillane. I get yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, that hurt. That hurt a lot of my soul. Not all. I'm just sad that our brave hero wasn't the one who got to explode all over our female protagonist. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh, God. Anyhow. I get it. It's a sex <laughs> joke. No, we, we never make those an audio drama showcase. That is not. No. Oh, we're very serious. I want to get some individual opinions from people. Elja? I really, really liked the two main characters. I thought that they were phenomenal. I really enjoyed following them. I'm really glad I actually didn't read the synopsis. I just went in totally blind because I was kind of riveted the whole time. I was like, no, they just got to go on a date. I'm just heartbroken. But I was, I was with them. I loved them. I thought that was excellent. I am rooting for them or maybe just him now. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, uh, I already said this is kind of a nitpick, the background. I just couldn't really make it out. And that could, that was a little bit distracting, but it really wasn't a big deal. Cause again, if, the characters are that involved. You really don't need it. It's like a one act with like one piece of furniture. Um, and I would definitely listen to more. I, I definitely would. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't read the synopsis, but maybe I should have so I could have braced myself a little more. So I'm going to give it um, um, four out of five angels with dirty faces, maybe 4.5 out of five angels with dirty faces. I'm in for episode two. Maggie? I really liked uh, the chemistry between the two characters. The two main characters, like you said, LJ, and um, just the raw emotions, particularly that uh, Jen was able to capture when, you know, she was in trouble. Like, I felt like I was listening to a hostage tape and I felt like I was doing something wrong because it was just kind of pretty upsetting. The thing that took me out of it, the sound was mostly okay. Part of that could just be the internet quality, how we're listening to it. Um, But really, the thing that took me out of it was both the style and the delivery of the narration, it just felt very like, I'm looking back on my past, but here, let me go back into the scene in this visceral moment that's very upsetting. And then let me reflect on it again, just kind of passively. And it just, it felt weird tonally, but I would definitely listen to more. I really liked it. I kind of want to know where it's going. And I would give it um, three and a half explosive diarrheas out of five. Thank you for that rating system. Max? Well, I I think that this is definitely one that I would not want to just walk into not knowing what it was. It was a lot heavier as far as the emotional content. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, there's definitely a really good audience for this sort of production. It just wasn't what I was expecting. And that was... That was a little, it shook me up, but it was intended to. I think the general feel of the story was uh, well put together. The characters were believable. As uh, I think LJ had mentioned, the chemistry between them seemed very good, especially if they were recording remotely, because that's not an easy thing to capture that way. I thought that, I didn't think that there would be an explosion this quick into it. I thought they were going to draw out the drama of that 
longer than they did. But uh, as we brought up in our chat, uh, this was definitely a case of Chekhov's suicide vest. Uh, I think in the end, I would give this pie out of five um, awkward first dates. I do like pie. Michelle. So I really, really liked the dialogue um, for this one. It felt so natural throughout the whole thing um, and really drove the energy of the whole episode. Um, And I would be interested to see if that carries on throughout, especially since we did have so many problems with uh, some of the background noise in some of the scenes. There were definitely sparks of uh, really good moments in there, um, like with the TV in the background um, and some of the moments in the office and the bowling alley. I did not like the transition between the narrator and the dialogue. Um, It really took me out of it the most, I think, um, because I just wanted to listen to more of the dialogue. The story was building well enough with that, that all I needed was a cue with the sound effect to know when the scene was changing and maybe a line or two to give me some context. And then I was ready to listen to the next part of it. I really enjoyed Jen's voice in this episode as well. Um, Just from the amount of controlled and uncontrolled panic by the end um, to the flirty dialogue at the beginning. It was just very well done. Um, Overall, I would say three and a half stylish vests. Ow. (laughs) Too soon. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, I pretty much agree with everybody, everything you guys said. I probably would rate it a little bit higher, I feel like, than most of you would be. I, this, to me, is more like a, a four out of five number of legs on the narrator script or story. But I know, it's Max, that is the correct face to be making. Narrators should have five legs, but sometimes only have four. Just to expand on something I said earlier, I said I felt kind of like I was doing something wrong by listening in. And I think what that was, was I felt like I was intruding on a very private, personal moment between these two people. Oh, like literally a fly on the wall. Yeah, like it was a very sad, scary moment for them. And it felt kind of like I shouldn't be here, but I am. Like a cat interrupting lovemaking. I was going to say, that's actually a good thing. And then Max came in with that. and Now I can't. Um, I feel like that's actually a bonus for it. Because like a really well done story definitely gives like a, a sense of voyeurism almost. Yeah. Because you don't really feel like it's a story. You feel like it's a literal recording of something that happened. I would agree. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't have any counterpoints to any of that stuff. I think overall, this was definitely a good suggestion. I'm glad that, was this one of the ones that was farmed from other audio drama producers? Uh, yes. Um, I've worked with Faith on some stuff in the past. Oh, well, uh, it, it was definitely, I'm glad we got a chance to listen to it. It was much different than, like I said, anything else that we've done to date. And it was nice to see more variety out there. Elja? Yeah, Faith, I'm definitely going to recommend you to uh, my brother-in-law for sure. And probably my dad, like maybe top three of the ADS we've listened to. Okay. I mean, like, I need to go back and start listening to some of the ones that we've already recorded. Not our episodes, but more episodes of shows that we've done before. I really like Welcome to Hellmart. <laughs> I listened to that one. It's so fun. I listened to a, most of that one. Okay, well, thank everybody for listening into our first attempt at doing this through remote recording during the international quarantine time. This episode was brought to you by... 
come visit the most mysterious and befuddling landmark in all of Wisconsin, the God-shaped hole. How do we know it's God-shaped? You'll just have to swing by to find out. Trust me, once you see it, you too will say, that's one God-shaped hole. The God-shaped hole, right off 90, just outside of Lemon Weir. That was First Date from the show, Boom, a serial drama. To find out more, go to boom.observerpictures.com. This has been Audio Drama Showcase. For more episodes and information, go to www.legendsmithproductions.com. Don't forget to check out our other shows, Anansi Storytime, the Fairy Tale Audio Drama, and Geek Core Radio, the eccentric music podcast. Thank you for listening. High five. We made it. What? Took you. So. Long?